You're listening to Grassroots, www.innovationstudios.com. I am Marcus, and this is week 34 of the Q&A. The questions are sent in by your good selves out there. And uh, first of all, let me say um, kind of congratulations and commiserations to the England football team and for all of those who followed they, uh, their progress throughout the uh, Euro 2020, which was actually played in 21. Um, a good final. I think uh, my opinion is that uh, it was just nice to be there and I think um, we should all be very, very proud and they should be proud too. Um, enjoyed the game um, and certainly enjoyed the first couple of minutes and then uh, didn't so much enjoy the last uh, couple of minutes. But um, here we are again. It's a beautiful sunny day. Um, and uh, these days, because I record the podcast on the day it goes out, um, it's uh, I'm able to kind of give you a weather report. And the weather here in Hadley... Is a real scorcher today. Um, anyway, thanks for sending your questions in again. Um, let's get straight to work and have a little look through, see what we've got in our mixed bag this week. Let's have a look. First question comes from Betty. And Betty says, Hi, Marcus. I just wondered, my son referred to playing a show as being a paid rehearsal a couple of years ago but he wouldn't necessarily go into detail about what it was, as he said it was a bit disrespectful to use the phrase. Are you brave enough to tell me what it means? (laughs) Hello, Betty. Um, Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think it's disrespectful. I think it's it's really just a phrase that musicians use for when you're playing a show and there's nobody there. Um, Sometimes it gives you an opportunity to run your game which I mean, most, most bands are rehearsing every, let's say they're, they're gigging every Saturday night. Most bands are rehearsing every Tuesday or Wednesday night usually to get ready for their show on the Saturday. And uh, what you tend to do in rehearsals is get together and um, play through your set. And um, sometimes a, a paid rehearsal means that you played through together on the Saturday night and nobody was really listening and nobody was really into it. So uh, you got paid for rehearsing hypothetically it doesn't mean that you played the show by stopping the song after every sort of bit that went wrong or tried anything new or although sometimes uh paid rehearsal gives you an opportunity to just try something new or not necessarily new but something you've been working on that's uh, pretty much nearly ready and you haven't had a chance to play it yet so um that that's what it is it, it isn't disrespectful it, 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 you know but but um the reason that your son probably said that is because technically um, he, he might have felt that he was rehearsing and getting paid for rehearsing. But a paid rehearsal is a phrase that basically means you got paid for running through your set. And, and um, although although you always try to entertain everywhere you play, or at least you should, sometimes uh, there's just nobody there. And it happens a lot sometimes if um, you're playing, you know, you're playing and there's a big football match on in the other room and nobody's watching you. So rather than um, tell you to go home and give you your money, which of course they ain't going to do that, you end up playing while the football's on or why there's something else on and, and you end up playing to nobody. And sometimes that's an opportunity if you're playing to nobody um, and no one's listening to just try a couple of songs out that you either haven't done for a while or that you want to, you know, you want to get ship shape for some upcoming shows. And I think uh, to be fair, everybody does that. Everybody has to, you have to test your songs live or you have to see how they sound in your live setup. It's not necessarily how the audience respond. You won't know that till you've got an audience, but you will know if it's been sounding good in rehearsal. But if you're rehearsing in a little room or you're rehearsing at home, you want to run it 
live if you can and uh, the opportunity to run it when there's not many people there is um, and to be paid for it is a golden one and that's uh, therefore why it should be utilised and it should be respected but it is called a paid rehearsal Betty um, and that uh, I hope answers your question on this very warm day um, our next question comes from Alice and Alice says hi Marcus um, how do I go about writing and recording in different styles and genres um, Alice, you didn't specify where you're from, but um, I hope it's uh, I hope it's sunny where you are. Um, how do I go about writing and recording in different styles and genres? The, the, first of all, you need to um, explore uh, different styles and genres. So if you've got quite a, a, a busy and quite a, a varied playlist on your iPod, you're already doing that. If you haven't, then um, maybe um, just try to listen to different genres and different styles and different decades. Um, but it really is, uh, I always think you, you need to live it rather than learn it. So I think, um, I, I, I don't, I'll have to um, get back in touch with you because I, I don't really know why you would need to write and record in many different styles and genres unless, um, you know, unless that was just a project you wanted to do or something you wanted to get into. But um, I feel able to write in a few different styles and genres but only because I listen to so many styles and genres and I've said before if you want to be a painter and you've got all these paintings that uh, you know and different I'm going to show my ignorance here but I, I don't really understand the different um, genres of I know there's a, you know there's expressive art and there's you know the the the, the, the different uh, styles and the different um, so, I'm, but I'm assuming in order to learn that, you would have to, or, or you know, you'd have to learn what the others did first. So, to, in order to write in different styles and genres, you need to learn how it works first. Um, and there are kind of hidden um, or, or big uh, things to look for. If you're looking for the old sort of late '50s sort of sound, it's usually. Um, you know, vocally, there's always a lot of echo on on those songs, on the early Elvis stuff and and the early, um, you know, just just the, the Sun Studio stuff in Memphis. But explore a little bit about the history of music, um, Alice, and, and find out a little bit more about um, how songs are created, and also have a have a really good listen to music from different styles as well. I suppose I suppose Google it and and pick the best selling album from each genre or the best selling album from each year or decade and listen to that and see what was going on but really you know songwriting is about writing something uh, for you I mean uh, I, as I said the Black Black Cat on the Line album was an opportunity for me to write in a different style but I had I had a really good understanding of how that genre worked because I'd listened to it for years and I'd, and I'd been across it so I'd been a student as well as a as, as well as a tutor I suppose so that's the important thing as well. And I'd advise anybody tries to do that before you start trying to learn how to do something yourself, learn how the others did it and what techniques they used. Um, and then hopefully you'll find your own uh, your own niche. But um, in order to write and record in different styles and genres, you need to listen to them and, and make a few notes and see what they do. And maybe the instrumentation that they use, maybe the... Um, sound of the vocal that they use maybe there's a reoccurring uh, chord progression or a chord pattern or maybe a, a recurring bass line or something that certainly is in rock and roll and the 12 bar stuff so um, be a student first and then um, 
you know, and a good student as well, one who pays attention and one who makes notes and one who gets deep in there and finds out what it's all about. And then you can um, approach that. But uh, good luck to you. Barry in Gillingham. So it's you, Barry. I knew I had a few listeners in Gillingham. For some reason, I get my uh, printout every week of where it's been listened to and the main areas. And um, this is being listened to all over the place. And I don't know, um, although I'm proud of that, I don't know. Um, whether that's just because people are people are clicking on it or finding it or I, I don't know, but I I get listened to um, in Sheffield. I've got I've got listeners in Sheffield. People who've you know they might my, pretty much all over the UK, but the highlight ones are sort of Sheffield and uh, Gillingham. And there's a two, there's a few in one in Canada. There's one in um, the USA. So and it seems to be a recurring thing. So I don't know whether they're fans of the show or not. And if they are, let me know, or whether it's just. Um, Something that they click on, because you never know these days, there's always somebody scamming something. But I've noticed that my listening figures have gone up a lot, and um, I'm, I'm proud of that. But I'm also, um, because I'm a bit of an old cynic, I'm like, I wonder if it's people genuinely listening or sharing it, or if they, if there's something going on where they're trying to, you know, market me. or try, you know, every, every time I put a thing on Instagram, I, I get told, oh, I'll um, come in here and um, we, we'll... Join, join our group and you can do this so everybody's networking and doing all of this stuff but um yeah so any sorry barry barry anyway you're in gillingham barry says uh hi marcus other than fame and fortune is there anything you wish you had done up to now um yeah i think first of all i wish i'd been nicer when i was younger in terms of when i first broke into the music industry because you your ego gets away from you a bit when somebody suddenly Every time you take the guitar out of your case, you get paid money for it. And, and you think, wow, this is an unbelievable way of, of working and uh, make, uh, earning a living. And you suddenly realize that it's just a job. It's it's just what you do. And, and you, you know, uh, there's although it's a, it's a great thing to be able to tell people that's what you do, ultimately, you know, you, you're just doing the best with what with what you're given. So in, in a way, I wish I'd, I'd really been, um, you know, the old pro a lot younger than I was but I suppose you can't really be that and I wasn't I wasn't you know off the rails but now and again I'd be rude to people I didn't need to be rude to people and I don't know if I cost us anything but I I think probably one or two shows where people didn't like the attitude and didn't book us again so I think um but you know I think I would have liked to have learned from my mistakes a lot earlier than I did Barry um on a professional level, um, I do have a, um, a a passion and a a desire to, before I retire and before I walk away from music or let's say walk away from performing, to just be in an ACDC tribute for a while. Just not not as Angus because I'm far too big, but just as uh, as Malcolm or Stevie Young, just play some rhythm guitar and just really enjoy that music for an evening. Um, that'd be something I'd really like to to do. Um, and, um, other than that, I mean, most of the things I set out to do when I was uh, 17, I've, I've, at this level I've done, um, obviously everything else, um, becomes under the fame and fortune, um, category, doesn't it? You know, you'd like to have played Glastonbury. I'd like to have played, um, Wembley Arena and, and all of that sort of stuff. But at my particular level, um, I think I would have liked to have, uh, maybe would have liked to have uh, approached the songwriting a lot earlier than I did. Maybe I would have formed, you know, had the matching albums out a few years before. But I think 
things happen when it's time and and if it isn't the right time for you then it, it just isn't i think um that's that's life in general that sometimes when things happen it's at the right time and to other people they might look at it and go you know these people go what you're having a baby having a baby at 51 or 52 you know these other people and and you think but that's our story i mean i had a friend of mine who was 59 and and um you know his wife was 20 20 years younger or something and and I had a lovely little baby and people were saying to him, well, you're nearly 60. And he said, but this this is my story. This is my situation. And, and it's obviously the right time for me. It might not be the right time for you or for society to accept it, but it's the right time for me. And, you know, good, good on you. I was, I was, you know, I was over the moon for him. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think you have to be patient and, and, um, you know, with, with things like that. But, um, no, I, I don't really have any 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 regrets. I think I've done a lot of things that I never envisaged I would do. I've I've played big shows in the parks I grew up in. I've played um, shows at venues that uh, the Beatles have played, or you know, legendary venues. And I've I've met some great people. And um, yeah, I, I think um, I think I probably would have liked to have met a few a few others, and maybe have, have done it. But I think everything really comes under the getting signed and getting your you know being being a big artist so um no i think um be nicer when i was younger and maybe try to be the old pro a little bit before i was able to but um yeah i mean <laughs> i think we all we all have dreams and um some of us have to although we may not get as far as we'd like to get um i think we ha- we have to occasionally pat ourselves on the back and say you got a lot further than um, most people do so I take a lot of comfort in that. I, I've I've done a lot of things that uh, a lot of people don't get to do, and although although I haven't done everything that I wanted to do, you know I'm I'm happy with that. My my glass is half full, mate. Thanks for your question. Ever wanted to play guitar? Ten minute tutorials. Now on YouTube, Beginner's Guitar, Marcus takes you through the early stages, tuning, basic chords and strum patterns to start you on your journey. Further information, go to www.innovationstudios.com. Phil in Basingstoke. Hi, Marcus. With regards to space on the stage, I just wondered, acoustic guitar or acoustic simulator pedal? What would you suggest? Um, Hi, Phil. I think it depends what you're using it for, but I mean, I I would always say um, acoustic guitar, DI'd into the um, PA, not through your amp, but DI'd into the PA, and then you can EQ it from there. But some people, you know, if if you've got a, a song where you, you know, it's predominantly acoustic at the start and then all of a sudden kicks in, then an acoustic simulator is pretty good. I mean, if you look at some of the Who stuff when they do Bargain Live and stuff like that, uh, Townsend's got a really great acoustic sound on, on that uh, Fender Strat and then kicks the electric stuff in after a while. So, um, you know, there's an argument for both, but... Um, I would always say acoustic guitar if you're using acoustic guitar for a whole song. But it's really personal preference. Some some of the acoustic guitars 
don't sound as good as the acoustic simulator. It depends on, on what guitar you're using. In, in my experience, uh, Phil, I've always found that um, Fender Strat sounds good with an acoustic simulator. Uh, Telecaster doesn't sound too bad. Um, Epiphones, the big ones, you know, the three three five fives and the Sheratons, and they don't sound too bad with an acoustic simulator. But a Gibson Les Paul, forget it. Doesn't sound sounds awful with a with an acoustic simulator, in my opinion. Um, so it depends what what electric guitar you use, and um, also I think on the acoustic simulator, or I'm I'm not 100 percent certain. But I think uh, some of them have a split signal, so you can have it going into your amp, but you can also have it going into the PA. So you plug into that and you split your signal. But uh, if you don't split your signal, you can you can get a, a signal splitter, um, which is like an AB pedal made by Fender, um, which will then split your signal, and you can have it going into your guitar and, and your guitar going into the PA as well. So if you wanted to get a, a really, really big stagey sort of acoustic guitar sound from a acoustic simulator pedal you could do that um, but really it's um, same as everything else really trial and error and trying to find the right way for you and, and the right thing the right sound that you want some of the acoustic simulators the boss one uh, really really good um, you know but I, I, I didn't really get on with a boss one but only because I was using a Les Paul and I, I used a Les Paul all night and, and um, in wall-to-wall. And if I wanted an acoustic simulator, it just didn't work with a Les Paul for me. Others others would probably say, well, my Les Paul's got these pickups and it works. But for mine, just bog-standard Les Paul Studio, um, Gibson pickups, through an acoustic simulator, just just didn't, didn't cut the mustard. It just really didn't sound right. Um, so... Try a few things, but uh, I'm sure you'll find your find your way. And it's always good to have a nice big sound if you can. If you're able to split the signal from the acoustic simulator and have that going into um, the PA, then you know that's always a good a good way of doing that. But um, you have to find the best way for you, and that's what I encourage everybody to do. All I can do is give you advice, as I say every week in my disclaimer, on um, based on the knowledge that I've accumulated over the years and the equipment that I've used. But uh, I wish you well with it anyway, uh, Phil, and um, please get in touch again and let me know how it goes. Thank you, mate. Graham from Stansted Mount. Hi, Marcus. I just wondered, I've always been curious, do you arrive dressed ready to gig or do you change at the venue? <laughs> um, right, Graham. So, um, usually, um, most, most of the time, if I'm playing a gig, let's say at, uh, at a social club, Sometimes I have my shirt and my trousers ready and my, or my jeans on and my shoes ready to go. Sometimes I'll, ha I'll wear something a bit cooler and then get changed there. But I, I always feel that um, you should turn up looking like the act. I don't think you should turn up in, 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 in cut-down shorts and a T-shirt and flip-flops and say, I'm here to entertain tonight. Um, I think that um, it's important, at least it is for me, that as soon as I arrive at the venue, everybody kind of knows that I'm the act, I suppose. And I don't I don't want to be disrespectful, but I feel like if you're turning up to play somewhere, you shouldn't look like everybody else there sat in a beer garden in flip-flops and a T-shirt and, and shorts. Um, but you could turn up in, you know, a pair of jeans and, um, you know, a nice loose shirt and then change your shirt for your show. But it um, depends where it is, but even an outdoor show, I often wear a shirt and jeans. I think it's important to look like a performer and... Um, 
and look like you're a bit different to everybody else. I don't want to look like I've just stumbled up from the uh, from under one of the parasols. Um, I want to look like I'm, I'm meant to be there. And that, that's just a, menta, a, a mental thing for me and an important thing for me because I think also it's a frame of mind thing. You need to be and feel like you're there to perform. And if you're in flip-flops with a, you know, with a can of lager next to you and sitting and I think in the end you lose, um, I think you, you, you're not in the zone. You're not in the right frame of mind. I mean, you look at the Rolling Stones, they've played in some of the hottest places. They've played Delhi and they would have played shows in Dubai. It doesn't get any hotter than that. But you see the videos of it, they've got the jeans on, they've got the loose stuff on because they are stars and they dress like stars. If I'm playing a social club, quite often I'll turn up and I've got... Uh, my uh, jeans and shoes on and sometimes a loose fitting shirt nice short sleeve shirt which I'll then um, and I'll have my uh, my long sleeve shirt and my waistcoat which is what I wear sometimes on a hanger ready to throw on for the show because the other thing as well as I've as I've talked about before which is very very important you don't want to be going home covered in sweat you don't want to be driving home with a cold sweat particularly in the winter but um, it's important that you, that you look after yourself. And I think just that little change at the end of the night, um, you know, you, you, you pack everything away. And just before you go, you change your shirt for your journey home or, you know, this is a summer, of course, in a winter, you'd have your coat on. But still, still, even, even in the winter, don't be fooled because you're really, really hot by going back outside with just a T-shirt on because it's really, really hot. It's cold outside and you will catch a cold. You know, I'm, this, this isn't my public health announcement. It's just common sense and I've been there and done it. You're sweating like a, you know, like, like, like a pig at the end of the night and you, you finish the show and go outside in your T-shirt and very soon, you know, it's not really, it's, not, it's, it's like a false um, heat or a false cold, really. It's like when people put um, cold spray on a twisted ankle and then run everywhere. Who knows what damage you're doing underneath that... Um, spray underneath that cold feeling so um, it's important sometimes to have something to travel in and something to travel back in um, the summer isn't as bad because sometimes you can turn up in your shirt play the show and then thanks very much good night drive home in you're still in your shirt with a window open and nice and cool and the evenings are still fairly warm as well but I think that you if you if you've sweated a lot and I and I get hot on stage then I feel uncomfortable with all that cold sweat running down my back and that when I'm back in the car. I'd, I'd rather just, um, thanks very much, good night, um, pack the gear away and then, um, you know, shirt and waistcoat back on a hanger to take out, which then, you know, hangs in the back of the van and airs. Um, and I've got a nice fitting shirt that I turned up in and I think, uh, but you do, you do need to turn up like you're going to work. I don't think, I mean, I hate to, I hate to, to, to rant um, well I don't I love to rant but I, I don't you know I don't like to have a go at people but look if you're a performer and you're being paid to perform and you're a singer you don't get magicians turning up in flip-flops you know I know they've got to hide a load of multitude of stuff up their sleeves I get that but you don't you know you never saw Bruce Forsyth turn up strictly if they did strictly come dancing in Dubai he still wouldn't have turned up in shorts and flip-flops and a, and a cut-down t-shirt he would have been dressed appropriately. He might have had a cooler shirt on, but he, you know, you, you know what I'm saying. Look like an act. Look like a performer. Look like a professional, um, and go to work. And that's it. But um, nine times out of ten, um, I usually um, change before I go on and change before I head home.
And I think for me that works. Other people, you do what you like, but for me that's my uh, particular option. No one's ever asked me that though before, like even before I started doing grassroots. Um, the problem with that is you do get embarrassing situations where sometimes you go to go on and you haven't got your gig shirt, which has happened to me. And I, and I had to play a show in a like a rugby shirt that I travelled there in, and it was it was embarrassing because that ain't me. That's not what I'm about. And um, I kept apologising. You know, I'm really sorry, and that it can happen. But I tell you what, it was the only time I ever forgot my shirt because I never wanted to feel like that again. Another difficult lesson for me. Thank you very much for your question. Uh, Taylor from Gravesend. Hi, Marcus. What's the best sandwich you ever had? <laughs> You've been listening to some of the old um, episodes, have you, Taylor? Um, yeah, if you if you listen to that, that's what we, we talked about, how you eat up time when you're um, when you're on the road. And sometimes one of the boys would say, oh, Marcus, what's the best sandwich you've ever had? Yeah, before iPods and stuff like that and uh, the, the, the uh, what was it, Kindle, it's all these apps these days. You can read everything and go on Google and message people on facebook facebook by the way is the party that you wish you were at you know it's just everybody's at the party and they've not seen each other for years oh it's lovely to see you and they're looking to see where you know oh what's happening online there's another party going on somewhere else um the best sandwich i ever i ever had um was uh a subway in liverpool and um i can't it, it was like a chicken tikka one but it, it was so good and it, but it was about 17 quid, I think. It was ridiculous. But um, for the record, it was at a subway in um, in Liverpool about an hour before we played the cavern. But um, I'm not sure whether to say thanks for your question then or, or whether to sort of say don't take the mick. But um, whatever it is, Taylor, I, I, um, I'm glad that you listened enough to the podcast to be able to ask me that, mate. And I'm, um, I'm proud of that. I appreciate it. Sophie. And Sophie, funnily enough, is over there in Dartford. So we've gone from uh, Gravesend to Dartford, which is uh, probably about 22 miles between them. Uh, Sophie says, hi, Marcus, floor tuner or clip-on tuner? Good question. Um, if you're, it depends what your setup is. Um, the thing to remember, Sophie, the, the, the important thing to remember is when you're tuning your guitar between songs, everybody in the pub doesn't want to hear you tuning. Dum, 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 dum. They don't want to hear that. So if you're going to use a floor tuner, usually that cuts the signal to your amp and it means that you don't have to touch anything on your guitar. That you, you push the tuner down and the floor tuner will do that. And I use a floor tuner um, when I'm uh, in, in Oasis and, and in Water War, I used a floor tuner, also in Color Kinesis. Um, but um, I like the clip-on tuners, but you just have to remember that before you use the clip-on tuner, you have to turn the volume down on your guitar, otherwise you, everything you play will be coming through the... Uh, PA. So that's the, one of the things that I found with, funnily enough, with the pod is is a is a bit of a nuisance that you can't tune. Um, when you tune, it just gives you the notes, and it, and and I haven't discovered there's a way of cutting the signal. So if I'm playing between songs and I'm trying to tune in, if there's a bit of noise going on, that's fine. But a lot of the time, there's nothing worse than listening to somebody tune a guitar. Dun 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 dun. It's it's just a horrible sound. Um, so I, I always would advise floor tuner because it cuts the signal. Um, but with a clip-on tuner, they are very good. They are very effective. And I use one um, when I'm playing live. Uh, I've got a couple of guitars that have a built-in tuner, acoustic guitars. But um, I always use um, a clip. I used a clip-on tuner for a couple of years in Oasis when I was the only guitar player. Um, 
purely and simply because uh, of the setup. It didn't enable me to use the the, the floor, the tuner pedal in the in the same way. Um, but usually uh, the, the clip-on tuners are really good. I use them every day for to teach with, and I advise people to get them because they just sit there they don't don't annoy anybody they sit on the end of your guitar and as long as you remember to turn your guitar down sophie then you can tune in without anybody wanting to throw stuff at you because you're making a racket while they're trying to talk about the football grassroots music uk in association with innovation studios presents the ultimate one-day workshop for songwriters advice and analysis on songwriting techniques and methods how songs are created, structured, recorded and produced. Tuition, analysis and guidance on how to make a great sounding album on a bedroom budget using recording software and digital audio workstation. Learn how effects and plugins work and the most effective way to use them. Mixing and mastering to CD, WAV and MP3. Adding album artwork, tags and songwriter info. Where to have your mastered CD copied in bulk for selling at your shows how to upload your music to iTunes and digital media, online radio stations and how to submit your music for airplay, advice on venues, promotions, showcases and open mic nights in the area. To book a place and be added to the waiting list, please call 01702 836 649 or email innovationstudiosuk at gmail.com. Margaret in Croydon. Hi, Marcus. Have you ever broken down during a song or a performance? Um, I don't think I have, Margaret. But even if I have inside, I haven't broken down um, on the outside. Not not emotionally, not from a sad point of view. I think there's been times when something's made me laugh and, and I couldn't get myself together. Um, but no, I, I don't... Not that I can remember... Um, it's it's one of the, the the strangest things about doing this job because you learn very early that you have to the show goes on you have to get up there and do your do your job and there are times I've played a few shows where you know we we all lose people and and I've had to do that like everybody else has you've had to go to work having gone through a very very sad experience or something very very difficult but the, the music industry and my particular take on it is that the, the the guy on stage is a face that you put on that gets the job done and I'm sure that for every show I've played where I felt sad there are actors who have gone out there and um, you know would have had to play a part even though on a personal level they were struggling I'm sure there are comedians out there who have had bad news that day and have had to go out and make people laugh so uh, I you know I'm no different to everybody else I've, I've said before that if you're working on reception and you're having a bad day, you can go and not answer the phones for 10 minutes and just get yourself together. But when you're in the spotlight, I think it makes you a bit of a robot. And um, one of the hardest things on a, on a on a personal level for me, having played music all my life and having performed all of those shows for all of those years, is um, sometimes it can make you feel like you're bulletproof. It can make you feel like you're... You can't feel stuff because you just, you know, you, you're able to push stuff to the back of your mind. But that just comes with um, playing music and just being able to do the job under any circumstances. And this is the thing I've said before. 
when people say to me, I had to cancel that show because I had a I had a sore throat, or I had to cancel that show because they they don't understand what what the good performers they don't understand that people that have done it for many many years what you've put your body through what you've put yourself through what you put your mind through to constantly every single week no matter what your mental state out on a friday out on a saturday out on a sunday rehearsal on a tuesday you know 15 20 guitar lessons during the week to make you and, and to be the that thing and i call it different faces for different cases you do. You have different faces. You have a face that you are when you're a performer. You have a face that you are when you're a teacher. A face that you are when um, when you're a son, I suppose. It's a different face to to, to when you're a brother or whatever, you know. Or, or when you're a dad, it's, it's a different face. And it's being able to be adaptable and play all those different parts. And it does make you bulletproof. It means that whatever's going on in your life, on a personal level, I've had... I've had, um, you know, I've been playing football with my son and then, you know, I've had a message from one of my brothers to say, um, I think I was playing football with Matty, my, my son, and we're playing football in the garden and then I had a message saying, um, can you just give this a quick look over? And it was the details for, for my dad's funeral. And and in that instant, you just want to break down, but you can't because, you know, as an 11-year-old or 10-year-old boy wants to play football, um, you go, okay, and, and you're able to just, Put something to the side of your mind in the hope that maybe later on you'll find it. Sometimes you become so bulletproof that you feel like music has damaged you mentally because no matter what happens, the show goes on. You're up there at 8 o'clock on a, on a Friday night, you know, half past 8 on a, on a Saturday night. And that's the most important thing to everybody in that venue. That's the most important thing to everybody that's paying you, to everybody that, that's uh, relying on you, your kids need shoes. The most important thing is that you're there on a Saturday night. And it means that in a funny sort of way, um, you feel bulletproof. You feel like you can't, you know, you've always got to be what people expect you to be. Um, and that was a good thing about being away from things the other week and having a nice little holiday. Again, thanks for, to those of you who, who um, wished me a good holiday and for those of you who asked me if I had a nice one. Um, I could just be me. I could just be the bloke. I didn't have to be the face. I didn't have to be the performer, the teacher, the son, the brother, the dad. I could just be me, you know, and um, therefore sometimes it's good to remember who you are, just who you are, not not who the face is, not who the performer is, not who the, uh, you know, who the, who the teacher is, but who you are. And um, sometimes in my case, you find that um, if you do need to let a little bit of attention out or a little bit of emotion out, nothing really does it except music. And yet you think that although music has damaged me, for, or has damaged me, but although music has affected me in terms of being able to get in touch with my true self um, and being able to grieve or to feel sad or to have the bad days just as me because I've got to be something else all the time, Music is the one thing that triggers those emotions as well. When I am me, I'm able to listen to songs and listen to certain things or write songs that then make me break down. But I haven't, it hasn't actually happened to me on stage. And that's not to say it won't. Um, and if it does, then I'll, I'll deal with it then. I'm not afraid of it. It's just um, you learn how to stay so focused that the most important thing is that you play the show because you can cry on the way home. But you've got to give Fred and Marjorie a really good dance before you go home.
And that's the most important thing. Thank you for your question. I hope I didn't ramble too much, but the thing with my podcasts is I like to be honest. I like to be straight. I don't paint vivid pictures of what a wonderful profession this is because it can kick you right in the teeth at times and it can hurt you and it can destroy you. But I tell you what, there's again, it can pick you up and it can make you feel a million dollars when you when you think it's all over. You suddenly play a couple of shows and you think, I've still got this. I can still do this. It's still, I've still got something to say. Um, so I'll always be honest about that. Thank you for your question. I appreciate that. Uh, Connor in Rettenden. Hi, Marcus. I just wondered if you could answer my question. I use overdrive, chorus, wah, delay, and a tuner. What's the best order to wire them in? Hello, Connor. Um, okay, so there are a few options, but um, the traditional way, what people tend to say is that the um, things like wah-wah and stuff like that needs to go first. That's what they usually say. So I did actually, um, I knew I was going to have this question, so I downloaded a diagram that I'd sort of scribbled down so I was able to, to look through it. And what that diagram says um, is that it's best to have the um, EQ stuff at the start. So your wah is important to have at the start. Um, and maybe your um, if you've got like a compressor or anything like that and a wah, then you need overdrive in as early in the link as possible. Um, because you you know you don't want anything compromising. You don't want a chorusy sound and all that going into a into a uh, an overdrive. You want the overdrive going into the chorus, which is next in the chain usually. So usually something like uh, a compressor or whatever, a wah wah pedal first into the overdrive into the chorus, and then into maybe if you've got like a, a volume pedal or a delay or a reverb, and then out to your amp. So in your case, um, the best way for you to wire yours would be to have um, from your guitar, maybe through your tuner first, um, and then into your wah-wah, um, into your overdrive, into your chorus, into your delay, and then to your amp. That's what I would advise. You want the... Uh, maybe the tuner at the start, although my, my tuner is at the end of my link. It doesn't, it, for me, it doesn't matter, but um, I, I kind of like it being at the end because it cuts cuts the signal to the amp rather than cutting the signal to the pedals. I don't know if it's made any difference, but that's my personal preference. So in your case, Connor, um, I use, uh, yeah, overdrive would be, you, you wire it up and you go from your guitar through your tuner into your wah, into your overdrive, into your chorus, into your delay, and then into your amp. I find that if you put chorus on first and then run it for overdrive, it's just uh, it, it, it's just one of those strange sounds. You, you'd think it would be the same, but it, it really can make a difference. Um, and overdrive, the biggest sound needs to be at the start, really. If if you can if you can get that, most of the pedals have to bypass anyway. It doesn't really matter, but. They, it's kind of a an unwritten rule that most of the overdrives and the wahs and the compressors and all everything that's to do with the original sound of your guitar um, goes straight to uh, go, goes in in first and then through the 
the you know the chorus, the delay, and all the extra stuff that comes after the overdrive. My uh, my Oasis setup, which is very very simple, is my guitar into uh, a wah crybaby wah into a an Ibanez Tube Screamer TS7, and then into a digital delay, and then from there um, out into a tuner and then out to the amp. Um, that's just the way I wired it. I like the tuner at the end, but you know it's personal preference. Um, and then I use the channels on the crate to sort of kick in for solos and kick back out again for for clean. So I really don't my Oasis set really. Um, I only really use three sounds or four sounds if you like: clean, um, overdrive, um, overdrive with delay and overdrive with delay and the second channel on the amp which gives me the boost to give me more solo and more you know more, more for solos more uh resonance and just just a bigger sound um and you know people have told me i've got a, i've got a pretty close close sound I, I don't know but i'm i'm happy with what i have so that's my advice um the big stuff at the, at the beginning and the stuff that kind of just tweaks it um at, at the end delays and choruses towards the end but um I hope that you find the right way for you anyway, and I wish you all the best with it. We'll finish with Ray from Westcliff. Hi, Ray. Um, hi, Marcus. Should lyrics rhyme? Um, no, they don't need to rhyme. No, if the song's right, they don't need to rhyme. Um, it's, a, it's a misconception that sometimes when people think they're writing a song, um, that it needs to be in the style of like a limerick or something, you know. But rhymes can be in various different places, um, and um, it's just just off the top of my head, "Golden Slumbers" by the Beatles. I mean, that's not although it says the Beatles, it's an old traditional um, verse, and I don't think it really rhymes. It's just you know, there you are. It's uh, it's kind of just spitting everything out and if you if you listen to a lot of the dylan stuff the dylan stuff doesn't rhyme it's just him putting the message out there um it's important to have a good hook but it does no lyrics don't need to rhyme i mean um sub subterian homesick blues or whatever it's called i always get that wrong you know johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine i'm on the pavement thinking about the government it, they don't rhyme but they just fall off the uh fall off the tongue roll off the tongue i don't really know that mrs robinson rhymes um kind of does in places but if you actually listen to it it doesn't rhyme as much as you think it it does um and no i don't think they do need to rhyme i think they just need to um they just need to be catchy they just need to stick they just need to matter and rhymes can be in in all different places and um just off the top of my head, it'd be impossible for me to explain it. But it doesn't have to be the last word. Um, it, it can be like the middle word can rhyme, and um, or, you know, or you can have no no rhyme at all in in the song. So no, they don't need to, but they do need to be important. They do need to matter, and they do need to be mem uh, memorable. Because um, you know, the, the the point of every artist, if you're writing something, is you want other people to sing your songs or to enjoy your songs, or to um, play your songs really, really loud in their car. So um, they don't need to rhyme, but they do need to matter, and they do need to be uh, memorable, although ooh are just a bit, just a little bit, isn't 
I don't think it really is a message, but it, um, it's a hook and it's, uh, you know, that stays in your head, doesn't it? Until to the point where you're just thinking, please leave me. I think that tune is probably the screensaver on my brain. But I'm not thinking about anything else. <laughs> it kicks in. Um, anyway, look, I've had fun today answering all your questions. It's, as always, it's a real pleasure to hear from you. It's a real pleasure to um, to speak to you. Uh, and um, also, it'll be a real pleasure to meet some of you in person again. I'll be out gigging again regularly from the 7th of August. I'm having another couple of weeks um, just uh, to get everything ready. I'm rehearsing. I'm putting everything together. And... Um, my daughter is doing my sound for me in, in the rehearsal studio just um, so she can learn about, you know, mixing and stuff like that. So I'm trying to re record and, and rehearse as much as I can to be ready. And it all starts again for me on the 7th of August. Um, but from next week, I'll be able to um, get together with some of the people I've been meaning to get together with for a while. And also I'll be arranging to do some of these um, grassroots interviews that I've been promising for quite a while now. Um, and, uh, you know, that that will be coming soon. But there's another couple of weeks of Q&A while the questions are still rolling in. Thank you for your subscriptions. Thank you for your emails, for your questions. Thanks for your time. Um, and uh, thanks for being my mate. All right, www.innovationstudios.com is uh, the website, and um, innovationstudiosuk at gmail is the email you can send me a question. Is You can send me a question on twitter as well hashtag innovation studios um and uh, no doubt there's many other things i'm on instagram and there's a grassroots page on facebook and you can message me on there um but thanks again for listening in i will see you next week all right go and have a really really great week um and enjoy the sunshine over this weekend if you're not uh, if you're not gigging or if you're not out um take very good care look that'll do for me i'm out of here Take very good care. Yours and Music signing off. Bye-bye for now.